This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. A new head coach and boy genius, Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. Hello, hello. Hello, welcome into another episode of Finsider Radio. You are joining us for the Jake and Josh Show, and I have to say thank you so much for letting us be part of your day. We have a lot to talk about as the Miami Dolphins are beginning training camp practices with the Philadelphia Eagles, but before we get into those, I got to welcome in Joshua Houts, the film magician himself. Josh, the Dolphins have officially lost the one game they've played at Hard Rock Stadium this year. Season's over. We're doomed. Season's over. Fire Mike McDaniel. It's it's all downhill. <laughs> but in all seriousness, man, I mean, it was a pretty hard fought battle. We'll talk about that preseason game because you and I, we've both been slacking. We have a lot we want to talk about regarding that. But, um, dude, I'm happy that I'm able to come on here, talk Dolphins football with you. And uh, it did sound like it was a pretty incredible day of practice, you know, from all the tweets you're reading. But before we get into that, Jake, how have you been, my man? Man, now that we have constant football updates i can't tell you man i don't use my iphone calendar for anything i'm filling it up with draft dates when games are i mean it's it's getting crazy i mean the, the water is quickly rising to say the least yeah it is i mean the water is definitely rising and today i mean we may as well jump right into it right the miami dolphins hosted the philadelphia eagles i guess the birds flew south for uh training camp um today and tomorrow they're practicing together but by most accounts, you know, Miami Dolphin beat writers, Eagles beat writers, everyone in attendance made it sound like the Dolphins, you know, took both offense and defense today. Sound like it was a, a full team effort, but the offense is where we want to spend most of our time, Jake, because I mean, every other, you know, every few minutes, it just seemed like there was a tweet coming out about Tyreek Hill, you know, beating a defensive back, Darius Slay. We saw the video, you know, him and Tua Tungvalo, the connection they have. Give me your thoughts because, I mean, you and I both talk about it tirelessly. We would not be on Twitter if it wasn't for, you know, these training camps and mm-hmm. being able to follow along, you know, from afar. So what were your thoughts? Again, take it with a grain of salt, but this is 
pretty much the dress rehearsal, right? I mean, we don't know how much these guys are going to play on Saturday, but uh, we do know they're practicing and they're giving it their all against the Eagles. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I I think something that's been pretty clear uh, regarding Mike McDaniel, he's made it so obvious to everyone how important, how much these guys try in these joint practices. And they view this more as their version of a preseason game instead of actually playing the games, right? Because think, think about it this way, Josh, when you're playing in a preseason game, you know, Coaches watch that film, right? You know, if you have a, a team coming up that, that you're going to face, even if it's week one, week two of the regular season, they're going to watch that film and try to find any edge they can. So in theory, if you have teams doing that, you're going to want to run, you know, a vanilla offense, a vanilla defense. That isn't the same thing when you're at practice. So that's why I think these are a little more important because it's less of a formality. They're, they're trying different things. They're trying to work, integrate their new offense. And man, it's been a lot of fun because I think today is the first day that everyone in all of society agreed on something. And that's that the dolphins beat the Eagles in practice. God damn, this is where we're at. <laughs> this is where we're at. We're all coming together though. And it's, it's funny. Cause I don't know if you see it on Twitter, but it almost seems like the Eagles, you know, their Twitter follow like their fan base is almost just as rabid as the dolphins. So uh, interesting back and forth. I'm going to throw this tweet out there from Elliot Shore Parks, one of the Eagles beat writers. Uh, basically said practice is over. The Eagles lost dolphins definitely got the better of the Eagles defense and the Eagles offense was not as impressive. And then Cameron Wolf earlier today mentioned just how much of a difference maker Tyree Kill was. And I guess that, again, is what stands out to me. We know Darius Slay is a good cornerback, you know, one of the better ones in football. He might even be rated higher than Xavier Howard and Madden. But uh, <laughs> the video that we saw, I mean, it looked like it did look like he stumbled. I mean, I don't know. He'll probably blame a little bit of that on the turf. But I mean, Tyree Kill just blew past him. And, you know, you sit here and say these one on ones don't mean anything and that this and that. But he just blazed right past him, used that speed. And Cameron Wolf, everyone in attendance says that's just, you know, the name of the game. So. I'm excited to hear this. I would like to see it more in practice or in, throughout preseason, right? We would have liked to see, you know, two and Tyree Kill connect in that past game against the Raiders. But um, when they're out there, it's nice to hear that they're doing this against another team, you know, and just looking like that explosive With a good offense. Defense. Yeah, that explosive offense that we all hope we see, you know, when the games matter most. So we've seen two of complete long balls for such a long time, but I think today was the first time we really felt the impact of, Everyone needs to watch over Tyree Kill. Like he can, he completely changes the game because the dialogue behind this for months, Josh, months, can Tua hit Tyreek with the deep ball? It seems like we're finally hitting that corner of wait a second. Last year, Mike McDaniel coached someone named Debo Samuel, who's one of the best receivers in the league, and he did a lot of his work with the ball in his hands, do having that yak. It, today, it just seemed like that light finally went on for so many people. Like, wait a second. Tyree Kill can be fast after he catches the ball. That's interesting. So we're I'm a little relieved, I should say, that you're seeing Tyree Kill get the ball in space, him catching the ball deep, him catching it, you know, on a swing, whatever it may be, and being out in the open. And, and two men, you have to be a little interested that the day he takes over is when Jalen Waddle, who from everything I'm hearing, from everything I'm seeing, it sounds like that if this was the regular season, Jalen Waddle would be playing. But hey, the Dolphins, they're kind of taking things slow. These guys have been around for a little while. At least someone like Jalen Waddle is the second year on the team where you can be a little more cautious with these injuries. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I mean, I, I hope it's nothing significant. And that's definitely how it seems. But I mean, it's nice to have this problem where you have these superstar players that you're almost, you know, babying because they're just that important when the game 
you know, when things come together, I guess one thing that stood out to me, Jake, I don't know if you saw the clip, but I believe Tua Tungvaluwa actually overthrew Cedric Wilson, like threw it over his head. So that was awesome to see. But um, (laughs) I love that you mentioned Tyree Kill and how explosive he looked when Jalen Waddle wasn't out there. I know a lot of people said Mike Isicki got banged up in the middle of practice. I don't know if he was out there in the 11 on 11s. And um, it just seems like this offense, when it when it all comes together, which I think we hope we see in week one against the New England Patriots. Um, again, I can only imagine how explosive this offense is going to be. I mentioned Mike Isicki, and that's kind of what a lot of the buzz was. Be- yeah, a lot of the buzz has been around Mike Isicki. I know this morning, you know, uh, we were all eye emojiing with Doug. I'm not sure his last name. Pro Football Focus said, you know, the Dolphins have engaged in trade talks. I think they said they brought his name up. And then Hal Habib of the Palm Beach Post basically shot that down. So whether you want to believe the Dolphins are trying to actively trade Mike Isicki or not, I mean, flip a coin, I guess. I'm sure they had talks at some point. You know, they picked up a phone maybe. But I personally would like to see the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel figure out a way to utilize him, Jake. But if he's not part of the long-term answer, I mean, and you can get a second or third round pick right now, I wouldn't fault that for pulling the trigger. So that was a long-winded way of saying, I don't know what the Dolphins do with Mike Kosicki. Do you, Jake? What a great segue, man. What a great segue. And again, we apologize. We didn't have a recap uh, podcast out right away, but this is such a great way to start discussing uh, what's happening with Mike Kosicki and what's happening with his offense. Because Josh, it impresses the, it, it kills me every time, man. We're less than 12 hours out of a game and, and you just go through at Houts on Twitter and it's, here's every Tua clip. Here's every Chase Edmond clip. You're just so on top of everything. And this game was the first opportunity where I could really visualize the offense. I don't know if it's just because they started with, well, the starters having Tua, Edmonds, some of these guys out there. Uh, but one thing, Josh, and please jump in at any second because I'm very interested to hear this and this is going to be very long. I tried to discuss this a little bit on Twitter. But it seems pretty obvious that this offense is about getting the playmakers the ball in space, basically giving them the ball and having them squared up with the defense. And basically, you know, the the old one on one drills, you know, where you'd have both players laying down and you just kind of get up and knock each other. That's kind of the offense the Dolphins are running. Strictly, I look at that play that Chase Edmonds made. I think it was a third and two. Tua dumps it off on a swing route. And man, he had 0.2 seconds to get away. He used his agility, saucy spin move, got right by him and got the first down. Everyone wants to say utilize Mike Kosicki, but but what does that exactly mean? Because I saw examples of him get, trying to get the ball in traffic. I think it hit off his shoulder. Okay, no big deal. That was a timing thing. But he also got the ball a couple other times in the flat where he was, it was a one-on-one situation where Kosicki just couldn't make the guy mix. And I have to say, man, because I, I love Mike Kosicki. I think he's a great player in this league. But for what the Dolphins are trying to do, like what does it mean to make it work for him? Because getting him involved and, and making your best players work. They did that. They gave him the ball for a seven yard gain. But at the same time, I see these plays where, you know, he's diving and reaching the first down mark. I see these plays where if he beats one guy that that seven yard gain of quote unquote, making it work could have been a 20 yard reception. Yeah. I guess the best way to utilize Mike is is just throwing, you know, your entire game plan out the window and, you know, admitting he can't block and you know he's going to be this big slot receiver so I see what you're saying Jake I mean what you're going to put him on the field over Cedric Wilson or I mean even Eric Azucoma at this point I mean he's starting to become a playmaker so if he was in this wide receiver depth chart you know who knows how far down he'd fall so I don't I think you're right man I don't know exactly how they utilize him other than you know moving him back to the slot and just admitting their mistakes but that isn't the type sorry he had some plays I I could be wrong but I thought he had some plays where he was still lined up out wide and was a receiver on some plays it didn't seem like he was you know completely inside am I wrong no no you're not wrong and I think they'd be crazy to pigeonhole him in that aspect but I guess just 
wanting him to block and just knowing how important that is to this offense. I just think that, you know, we got to chalk that up as a loss and just realize that Mike Kosicki doesn't fit that mold. Right. And I think one thing that would make it a lot easier is if a guy like Hunter Long stepped up and I guess it was a little bit reassuring to hear that Mike McDaniel said, John Embry had a heart to heart with Mike, uh, with Hunter Long and, you know, gushed over one of the plays he made on fourth and seven. So maybe Hunter Long steps it up. I know that Mike McDaniel said he wanted to see the way he, you know, came back this week in practice. I don't know, Jake, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't hear many things about his name, but, or any, mm-hmm. you know, jaw dropping plays, plays he made, but I, I don't know, man. I, it just makes me a little bit queasy to think that Durham Smythe, I mean, he kind of fits that mold, but I just 100%. don't know. Do you feel, are you excited going into the season with Durham Smythe? I mean, Tanner Connor can run faster than lightning McQueen. So maybe they have something special there, but I, I just don't know. I'd like to see them find a way to make it work at least this season, utilize them in that big slot role if you have to. And then, chalk it up as a loss but I mean saying that I'd much rather get a draft pick out of it and it's important to keep in mind he's franchise tag he's a very talented player uh he'll sign a, if if the Dolphins don't you know find a way to make this mesh I mean he will be on a new team and Dolphins are going to be looking at a third or fourth round comp pick so if we're talking about trading him for peanuts I, I think that's something to keep in mind but what I think the highlight of the day despite Tyree Kill you know being Tyree Kill I think I, I read that Mike Kosicki made an insane looking like Air Jordan one-handed catch in traffic and, and Josh when you're going through the film of, of the first two preseason games how often were the Dolphins getting the ball to guys in traffic I mean Mike Kosicki is known as that volleyball player he's going to win above the net for lack of better words he is so agile he's quick he is going to beat you when you're off balance and I guess that's kind of the big thing here Josh is have we seen the Dolphins really get the ball to their playmakers in that situation where everyone's just kind of it's a madhouse out there and you're just hoping your guy wins because it just seems very methodical and it kills me you know you see people tweeting like let's just do trips and isolate Kasiki on the other side I mean there's such a rhythm to this offense and I don't know why it was this game, but it seems so clear that, Hey, you know, you can do these things with Kasiki and they can work 60% of the time, but is that working 60% of the time better than Eric Azucoma or, or, you know, Cedric Wilson working 90% of the time? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point you make, Jake. And I think that I, at this point, I mean, I want to see Eric Azucoma out there as much as I can, to be completely honest. I mean, he's been an absolute stud. Jake, before we move on to that Raiders game, one more quick thing I wanted to ask you was about defense. I mean, all we continue mm-hmm. to talk about is offense, offense, offense. Dolphins visiting with Trey Flowers, an outside linebacker, you know, slash edge, a versatile defensive player that a couple of years ago I would have gave the bank to. But um, besides that, Jalen Phillips wearing the, the orange jersey, got two sacks today, seems to be coming on, you know, this defense. At least, you know, the as long as they can stay healthy, man, I think Dolphin fans should be equally as excited about this defense. We heard the way they were matching up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Just give me some of your thoughts, you know, basic overall thoughts of what we've seen, you know, or heard throughout camp today. For all the good, I got to start out with one of your favorite words, and that's queasy. We heard Nick Needham went off the field uh, with a trainer. It didn't sound too, too serious, Brutal. but every time, every time. I mean, I think he got hurt during the actual game against the Raiders too. I mean, every time you see one of those guys down, you just get so, so scared, but man, Jalen Phillips, when are we going to see that 15 in that ring of honor? Because instantly I see him having a good camp. And I think, does this mean we can kind of ice Melvin Ingram a little bit, someone who we would love to see fresh for the playoffs. We saw the impact he had with the Kansas city chiefs a season ago. So man, putting together a rotation where everyone can stay fresh and healthy. I mean, that is such a dream scenario and it's such a luxury to have. And you're telling me Trey flowers can be our fourth. I don't, I don't know if, if I'm just a complete, you know, 
completely wrong, being super dumb about this. Trey Flowers is an outside line. Is he's like a big dude? Wouldn't you call him more of like a three-four defensive tackle, like like an edge in that scenario, more than like a uh, uh, you know a four or a three-four outside linebacker? I guess four-three. They're both edges, but I, I don't know. Outside linebacker sounds so weird to me. Yeah, I had to make sure it was the same guy, and I wasn't thinking of somebody else because <laughs> yes, I do remember him being kind of like a larger guy, you know, hand in the dirt, but um, versatile, right? I mean, I guess that's mm-hmm. the mo. I was kind of reminded, I guess, on Twitter that I believe Andrew Van Ginkle might got banged up in that game, so someone was speculating mm-hmm. that maybe he was out an extended time, and you know they were doing their due diligence. But it just seems like, man, that rotation up front is going to be dirty. I mean, I, I want to gush about John Jenkins, what we saw from him on uh, Saturday, but. I mean, then you look at the the linebackers are starting to step up and that secondary, man, if they can somehow stay healthy, I mean, truly is the sky's limit. But Jake, I think that about wraps up what we saw today's practice. Hopefully, you know, the Dolphins go out there and seize the day tomorrow when they meet with the Eagles. Let's jump into a break. When we come back, let's recap the Miami Dolphins 13 to 15 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders on Saturday night. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, we cried about it at the top of the show, but the Dolphins lost the season's first game at Hard Rock Stadium, a 15-13 loss to the Raiders. Raiders scored on the opening drive, a field goal here and there, a Teddy Bridgewater safety, pretty much wrapped it up. But, you know, I... I Got to start where we always got to start. QB1, Josh Tua was hot. He was 6 of 8, 58 yards. What really stood out to you on that film? I mean, the accuracy was there. He looked comfortable. Uh, he stepped up in the pocket. I mean, it seemed pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I know everyone to see Tua hit a deep ball, and I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. some didn't like what they saw. I mean, we saw it on Twitter. Some were complaining. But, you know, without Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle in his first preseason action in this new offense, I think he played fine. He went through his reads pretty well and made a couple of nice throws. The one that stood out to me, I think you kind of mentioned, where he bought time and found Chase Edmonds, who, you know, got a pretty nice chunk out of that. And then he found Trent Sherfield for a 14-yarder in the middle of that defense. So, um I, I had no issue with it. You know, he went out there. He didn't make mistakes. I know some people wanted him to to force. Uh, I think it was the last throw he made where he checked down to Mike Isik. You could literally see him going through his reads. But there was one where uh, there was a route where they thought maybe he could force the ball in there. But, I mean, you're in that game situation. It was, what, the first quarter? There's no reason mm-hmm. to force throws. So, I think he had a good command of the offense. And I'm excited. I was intrigued by what I saw. But, again, I know people were down on it. And, con- you know, oh, Skylar Thompson played better. No, Tua Tumvalo had to control that offense. And, uh, I thought it looked promising. What about you? 
same thing, man. You know, there's no point in, in doing, you know, a five-step drop in the preseason. There, there's no point in trying to just air everything out in the preseason, right? As I mentioned before the break, it is a very, very vanilla game. So you're just trying to get comfortable with bodies flying around you and whatever it may be. Josh, with that said, I hope everyone doesn't get mad at me for this. Is there a quarterback controversy in Miami? Because you had Teddy Bridgewater, who I thought he looked all right. The safety was a little depressing. But, man, Skylar Thompson, he's the third highest rated rookie quarterback according to pro football focus through two games. He played, I think it was just the fourth quarter on uh, Saturday, and he just walked down the field for a touchdown. I mean, this dude's been awesome to watch. I think we kind of had an idea that he wasn't going to come in and just be awful. You think about the fact, yes, he's a seventh-round pick, but he's a 25-year-old rookie. He's an adult. He's not like some of these kids that are 21 years old. He has a real grasp of things. And, man, like the preseason has been a lot of fun to watch. So, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, are we overreacting? Or could there be a quarterback controversy with, with Thompson kind of coming for a spot? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to say there's a controversy there. You know, I kind of thought after that first game from what we saw from Skylar Thompson that there, you know, <laughs> we might be at this point later down the road. But I guess the only thing that I would question is, you know, if if for God's first bid, something happened with two, I mean, you'd want that veteran presence like Teddy Bridgewater just <laughs> in case. So I guess the thing that everyone keeps bouncing around is, are they going to keep three quarterbacks? And I mean, it's definitely a, a question now, right? I mean, you do not want to let Skylar Thompson go. I mean, you, I forget who tweeted out, maybe it's Adam Beasley, but he said, you know, this guy showed more from a rookie quarterback, you know, from a Dolphins rookie that I've seen. And, you know, some of these first round picks, you know, Tannehill didn't even look this good at times. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. going up against different competition, but I've been very, I've loved what I saw at Skylar Thompson. So I definitely think there should be a battle there for QB two. I think, you know, if, Again, God forbid something were to happen. I think fans would much rather see Skylar Thompson come into a regular season game than Teddy Bridgewater, who we already kind of know the verdict on. But um, I just think it's crazy when we went into this. I know when uh, we both talked about Skylar Thompson and just the thought of a 25-year-old you know, rookie quarterback we were kind of <laughs> exactly. thrown off by. And this guy's just been a gamer, you know, perfect pro. And you see the way his talent's rising up around him. I mean, him and Eric Ezekoma have a chemistry that's unlike anything else. Beautiful. I mean, he's throwing up YOLO balls that Ezekoma's making adjustments on that are just insane. So inject it into my veins, man. There's definitely a quarterback controversy. I don't think anybody, I think people are absolutely crazy to say, you know, two and Skylar. I think they're just trolling with yeah. that, but definitely Skylar and Teddy. Yeah, that's a competition. I'd like to see this thing play out. There's some dialogue there, but but even if, you know, a coach who's been around them all, you know, preseason was like, Jesus Christ, dude, what are you, what are you talking about? It, I mean, uh, Skylar Thompson, he's playing second, third string guys. Teddy B has experience playing against professionals. I'd be like, yeah, sure. That makes sense. But but I mean, as two guys just kind of ranting about the team, uh, I have to say at least it's going to be a lot of fun if Skylar Thompson sticks around, you know, two, three years and is at least that fun preseason guy who you can kind of hope comes in and, and makes a play here or there. Josh, you've been like a horse at the starting line who's who's kind of jumped off sides like three times now on this. So let's talk about him. Eric Ezukoma, man, what a game he had against the Raiders. Caught six of nine, 114 yards, a long of 24 yards. And on one play, he only needed one hand. So, man, I don't know about you, but he absolutely dominated this game. It was one of those situations where... Where you're looking pre-snap, where is he lined up? Where is he lined up? Because you knew that he was going to win. It was his world and the Raiders were just living in it. What made him so successful? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just the fact that you're starting to see the same player that you see in college, man. Like, he never mm-hmm. goes down on first contact. I mean, this guy is just a bully. I think it was Domo Jackson, uh, good follow on Twitter, 
think he actually threw out the name Larry Fitzgerald. And I don't know that I can get that, that image out of my head anymore, man. But I mean, <laughs> this guy, he has the size, he has the speed, he can do a little bit of everything. And um, uh, I'm sure we talked to, I'm sure you talked, I, I ran back to the kids. I'm sure you talked about, but that one handed grab he made where he just fought through contact. I mean, that was awesome. And Skylar Thompson, man, two of those back-to-back throws he made, made me go like my jaw hit the ground. So I think it was awesome to see Eric as really step up. I hate to say it, but I'm starting to see a little bit of Debo Samuel on him, right? Jake, you're starting to see Uh-oh. his guy. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I said it. Um, There's the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Don't but stain think, your teeth. Yeah. It's, they're already stained. West. <laughs> I think the thing that, um, you know, you kind of got excited about was here and at the end of the game, you know, Wes Welker said, you're here to steal a grown man's job. And that resonated with Eric as and he's going out there. I mean, dude is balling. And I just, I, you have to laugh when you see him, he's got like braces on. I feel like he's a little kid just going out there, skying up and making plays. And uh, you love to see it. And he's going to force his way onto that field. He's going to get playing time this year that, you know, a couple months ago, we may not have thought of. So stoked for that for sure, man. And even if they're just interchanging Cedric Wilson and Eric Azucoma, I just think if you can find a way to work them both in the slot, get them that space. I mean, space, space, space. You just see so much success with it for this Miami Dolphins offense and Josh a little bit of a present surprise Preston Williams got involved with the action three receptions for 22 yards I mean that doesn't look like the most impressive stat line but he caught all three targets that came his way he got a little bit of action uh how how long's this climb for him what, what do you feel about his, his situation I mean Ezekoma's balling Cedric Wilson's balling Braylon Sanders is still lurking around Trent Sherfield continues to be a consistent force uh just as a depth piece so man where does where's Preston Williams going yeah, man. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I almost feel like he's like the dead man walking on this roster. Like, I almost feel like he was Adam Shaheen and they tried to trade and, you know, it didn't work out. I mean, his I, leg I, was he, just sticking out. Yeah. Man. So, I mean, I, I hope, I mean, if you hear, listen to Mike McDaniel talk, I mean, this could be going down to a battle this week, you know, throughout these joint practices and against the Eagles. I mean, Preston Williams, Braylon Sanders, I mean, Lim Bowden Jr., he had that great week one, but, you know, where did he fit after? I don't want to say came, he did come back down to earth last week, I guess a little bit, but you know what I mean? There's some good, again, NFL players that are not going to make this team. So I, I think Preston Williams is on his way out, but um, who knows with Mike McDaniel, I want to get your thoughts on the offensive line, Jake, because I continue to hear, you know, and continue to see with my eyes, Solomon Kidling's really starting to impress. So, I mean, I'd like to see him get some first team reps. I think Liam Meikenberg might be that weakness on that offensive line. Give me your thoughts. If you saw anything in that game um, against the Raiders. Yeah, I think I think Liam Eichenberg might be the one with a hot butt with Solomon Kinley coming down right at him. And man, it's awesome to see uh, uh, the big fish out there just absolutely dominating. And and that's kind of it because I think we spoke about it a little while back talking about this offensive line. Um, if it's the projected starters, the obvious five, when you have Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt locking down that right side, you do you were kind of wondering if it was over there that hey, can someone break in? Can Kinley kind of shuffle everyone around where Hunt turns to right tackle? Maybe Austin Jackson becomes your swing tackle. Uh, but Liam Eichenberg is someone who has really struggled. It's a little concerning considering this is someone the Dolphins traded up for. Uh, but I, I'm not feeling too too great about him. And you know, at least for the negative press on his side, I mean Solomon. Kinnan, he's getting some good and that jersey that we gave might have a little bit of value still yeah it definitely still has some value I think you know we're not gonna see what this offense truly looks like until week one because we got to remember Teron Armstead's not out there um mm-hmm. I guess that would be the ultimate question Jake I mean you mentioned Chase Edmonds a little bit he definitely looked like the RB1 right I mean besides oh, yeah. that first play that you know got blown up for negative four yards I mean he just looked quick, decisive, following his blocks, you know, in charge of this offense. So I, I'm excited to see what Edmonds can do. I'll probably draft him in some fantasy leagues. But um, before we move on to the defense and touch on that, you know, real quick before we head out, 
What were your thoughts overall on Mike McDaniel's offense? I mean, it was vanilla, you know, we're not seeing a true representation of what we'll see against the Patriots, but um, you did see some more pieces um, against the Raiders. So what were your thoughts, you know, from a general perspective? I still don't know what it was, but this game, it just seemed like the offense and what they're trying to accomplish looks so much, you know, clearer. I just don't know if that's just having QB one out there or, you know, you're everyone's learning the playbook. That also could be it. Uh, but man, every time I see Preston Williams with like a six yard catch, Trent Sherfield with a 12 yard catch where they have enough time to kind of catch the ball and turn around every single time. I'm just like, wow, I cannot wait to see that be Tyreek Hill. Wow. I cannot see wait and see that be Jalen Waddle. I'm excited to see what this offense can do. And, and I think the biggest question is, can they run the football? No quarterback faced more eight man boxes than Jimmy G last year. And it, it wasn't even close. So in order for the Mike McDaniel offense to really find its rhythm, the Dolphins need to start seeing eight guys in the box on the other side. And then, you know, in that scenario, can we see them run the football? Because I guess that's the fear, man. We don't know if this team can run the football consistently. Chase Edmonds, he looks good. Raheem Mostert, you know the talent that's there, the, the ability to kind of break away from defenders. Hey, but if you cannot get past the line of scrimmage, you're, you're pretty much doomed. Hey, Jake, there's no arguing with that. Um, Switch over to the defense. I mean, I don't know about you, man, but... Porter Gustin had a sack. You know, you saw him flash a little bit with the speed off the edge. Um, Cater Kahu, is that is that how you pronounce his name? We just call him Darth Cater around here. You know, he had a pass breakup. Man, awesome play on that end around. And Chang Tindall, I think he led the team actually in six combined sacks, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing some of these guys stand out. The guy I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast was John Jenkins, man. I mean, he, I don't think he really showed up as much, you know, tackles and this and that, but he was just moving guys. They look like blocking sleds out there. So, you know, week one, it was Benito Jones that really stood out and caught our eye. John Jenkins, I thought had a hell of a game and overall that defense. I mean, it just seems like plug and play. Whoever's rushing a passer, you know, you see them speed coming around the edge. Whoever's in the middle of that defense, you know, is moving those interior offensive linemen. So um, lots of, pieces in this defense give me your overall thoughts again not too much of the first team all uh, defense but we saw enough out of them I think I, I completely agree and I thought they looked good I think there were maybe two broken plays that really let Vegas walk down the field and score I think they converted like a fourth and 13 and a, another third and long some silly stuff like that but Josh Channing Tindall, I love that we're talking so much about the rookies. Eric Azucoma, Skylar Thompson these guys have all been great Tindall leading the team with six total tackles and man the two guys right beneath him, Porter Gustin and Cameron Good. I'm going to go back and pat ourselves on the back again because uh, Cameron Good is a 25-year-old rookie. That floor is solidified. This is a grown adult, and you know what he's capable of. I absolutely am raving. I'm being such a fool. I'm raving about two seventh-round picks. But it just seems like a new way of approaching things. You're not just throwing darts. You're taking these guys who are established, who the ceiling might not be as high, but you're really happy with that floor. And Cameron Good, 25. Porter Gustin, also 25. So what I see, man, is a scouting department. Department. I might want to keep that in. Oh, God. Uh, But I see a group that's really, you know, they know what they want. They know what type of players they need. You see Porter Gustin, Cameron Good, two guys right there switching in and out on on different places who can come in and do enough to make an impact. And then to me, man, that's really exciting. Yeah, man, I didn't even mention, you know, Jalen Phillips. I mean, you saw him flash a little bit out there. Zach Mm -hmm. Sealer, you know, the most underrated defensive player in the entire universe had a sack. And again, that depth is just insane. I hope that the secondary, again, can stay healthy because you mentioned Nick Needham going down. Um, you know, they signed McKenzie Alexander, you know, we thought that he was going to be that first time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just seems like whatever's going on at secondary, there's some kind of, um, you know, bad. Keon Crossan looks solid at least. I mean, another guy who stepped in and Hey, he, he didn't look lost. 
And I, we keep seeing Veron McKinley, the third, you know, J- Javon Holland's teammate there at Oregon, you know, he's still in the roster. He's still a playmaker and they got rid of Sheldrick Wedbrine. So I don't know how he's going to fit in, you know, with that 53 man roster, maybe they try to stash him on the practice squad, but um, you know, the secondary depth is definitely slowly windling. I just hope that, you know, we get Byron Jones back, you know, Nick Needham's fine after today's practice, uh, you know, X returns to the form that we saw previously because this defense, you know, again, kind of takes the backseat to that offense, but it really shouldn't not with all those different pieces they have in place. And, you know, the continue, the continuity, you know, coming in, you know, just running it back with most of the same players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. And I love that you brought up that these 25 year old, you know, not so much. I mean, Cameron Good's a rookie, but you know, Porter Gustin has been around the league a little bit, but sky's the limit for these guys. I mean, let's see what they can do this year. I'm excited. You are like, do you look at Gustin's output and how much he played? You almost kind of wish it, he had a couple more years in college. I think he'd be at the same spot he was, except getting more playing time. Obviously, not as much money, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But Josh, the timer's clicking down. Uh, one last time, I'd like to apologize. This recap is not coming out earlier, but I have to say thank you all so much for letting us be part of your day. And please, please, please go follow how it's on YouTube. He just gave away a copy of Madden. You, you don't know what he's going to give away next. Not going to give it any way secrets, that's for sure. But thank you all so much for joining us. Be sure to look out on this feed for a preview of the Eagles and Dolphins coming soon. But until then, thank you all so much for joining us. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins.